Welcome back to the Nothing to Something podcast. This is the podcast that's been put together as a platform to share real stories from real people, showcasing their journeys towards success and all the struggles involved along the way. Now, before we move forward, please click subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. This will provide you with all the content to come as well as keeping me pushing to produce it. Now, this week's guest is a coach in many forms, including a high-level technical skills football coach, a coach and speaker on resilience and mindset, a podcast host, plus much more. Please welcome to the podcast, Mark Reese. Mark, welcome to the podcast. How are we, mate? You okay? I'm fantastic. How are you? Yeah, great, mate. Thank you for uh, inviting me to come on and talk a load of rubbish to you, mate. All right. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to this. You can tell by the smile already. Yeah. We're uh, we're a couple of fellas who've known each other probably through socials um, a hell of a lot longer than we have through actual face-to-face. But we got together reasonably. Uh, it wasn't too long ago, was it? A couple of months ago, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, a couple of months ago through the crew down at Run Manchester. Shout out to Run Manchester and all that, all that mob. Yeah. And the energy is contagious, mate. The energy is contagious. Hello. You know, a guy who's full of positive energy all the time. It seems like it'll be interesting to see what's going on behind the scenes. So I'm looking forward to this. You can ask the questions, mate. Ask the questions. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Right, before we start, Matt, do you want to just run us through who you are, what you do, and we'll go from there? So, um, obviously, my name's Mark Reese. Um, everybody knows me and, and my background through football. Um Started off as any other young, willing kid, you know, supporting Man United as a little boy. You know, old man was a massive Man United fan. Um, got took to a game at Old Trafford years ago when I was about seven or eight. And then that just, like, ignited my passion to, to try and be a footballer. Um, then, you know, was fortunate enough to be reasonably good at a young age. Um, got recruited by a few clubs, then uh, signed at Crew. Crew Alexander was at Crew for a long, long time, you know, years and years. Um, then went to Stockport County, then went to Mac Town. Um, and I got to the point when I was about 20, I think I was 19, sorry, about 19. Um, I was I was getting injuries, I was getting injuries, you know, I had my first knee operation at 15. Um, you know, my medial ligament, a cartilage, then my Achilles tendon, near enough ruptured that. So I had to, I had to spend all the time I had, you know, at the level of um, when football was getting serious, being injured. And uh, it was tough. It was tough, you know. Um, wasn't from an affluent background. Wasn't from a background where, you know, I had people picking me up and dropping me off. You know, to go from South Manchester to Crewe, I was having to leave school early, I was getting on a bus, getting on two trains, um, you know, eating a chippy before I played. So many things, what I know now, what I didn't know then, you know, as a young lad, you're just getting by, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? You buy, live by your means to do what you need to do. And, um, you know, my, my dad used to work shifts. Um, so he worked really early in the morning, finished and twice a week used to take me up but the other two nights a week I used to have to get myself there before I actually moved up there um, and uh, you know coming back at 11 o'clock at night as a 14, 15 year old, 13 year old boy on the train you know doing your homework on the train and stuff and um, that was that was my football journey and then it stopped really when uh, I went I went abroad and come back and, and I lost I lost my mum I lost my mum at an early age and um my heart wasn't in it anyway. That wasn't the only reason. I started coaching from 16 at Crew, um, And basically, the reason where the coaching come from was um, I was living in Crew, right? So, young lad, full of energy, been training all day, but you're in the middle of nowhere. The only other place you can go back to is the training ground. So, I'm like, like any young lad at the time, a ball comes rolling past you. First thing you're going to do is smash it in the net, right? But if you've got access to 16 footballs right you're literally you know you're filling your boots it's like christmas time isn't it like woof 
<clears throat> smashing balls in the net. Next thing, hamstring goes, quad goes, groin goes. You, you know, so what they had to do to like educate me and maintain me was like, this guy's got energy. Let's put him into the kids. So that's how I started with coaching. Um, was through that, and I think whilst I was injured, obviously I was coaching more and more. And at the time, at the football club where I was at three or four of the world's best coaches I've ever seen at a League 2 football academy, yeah, what just used to produce players because, one, the programme was unbelievable, but two, the way the coaches were, not just with knowledge, but with people, were, like, exceptional. Now I'm older and wiser, I look back and I think, you know, how lucky was I at that time to be in that environment for so long because um, they're the people who ignited my love for football, you know, my, ignited my love to learn, ignited my my passion, you know, gave me structure with my passion, not just loving something, but having a real structure, how to understand how to get better, you know, uh, give me disciplines, which I probably didn't get from home, do you know what I mean? Um, and then went on, obviously, then to have quite a, you know, successful career in football on a coaching side um, prior to that. At 17, you know, set a business up, Cheshire Football, which we started in a park with three kids. You know, three years later, we've got 12, 13 staff. You know, we're probably the biggest provider of grassroots coaching to teams in the country. We had the majority of the nurseries, we had the schools, we had... It's crazy, mate. It's crazy how big it's got. And I got to the point with it where, you know a little bit like you, and this is why we've connected is, and I can see this in you, is you always wanted to better yourself. And I was earning plenty of money at the time, you know, still coaching at Crew. I went to Blackburn Rovers as well when they were in the Premier League. Um, and my motive wasn't the money. I think when you get enough to survive and you feel comfortable, you know, I'm not that person who's on the wheel who's still to this day, you know, it just, just it's about quality and it's about developing yourself you don't develop yourself you don't develop others yeah fact million percent you know especially in an industry where you're a coach you're a trainer so I made the choice to walk away from a you know a reasonably sized business to then go to Man City um before I went to Man City I went to Israel I spent like three months in Israel um with you know which I landed on my feet again you know coaching with the likes of Jordi Cruyff and people like that um just I, I was really fortunate that people gave me opportunities, but when I look back, I'm not also going that the opportunities were like, it was a fluke. It's because the way I was, do you know what I mean? I think people could feed off, you know, I was keen, I was keen, I just wanted to learn. I wanted to like be on that grass as much as possible. Um, and then from there, left Israel, um, and then went to Man City and spent, what, I think it was nine years at Manchester City, from when the new owners bought the club, they started to put a bit of money in to then actually going, do you know what, we're going to have a right go. And they brought headhunted people like me and a few others from all over the world, not just from Manchester. Um, and and the academies grew to where it has now, you know, and it's probably one of the biggest talent pools in the world, you know, and, and one of the most outstanding facilities I've ever seen in my life, which, you know, I did play a part in. Um, helping support how we built the building, how we how how the building was laid out, the purpose of the building, you know, the efficiency of the building. Why would you have the build? Why would you have one dressing room here, one dressing room there? You know, there's so much thought behind it, um, and that's it. You know, started off being the kid on the street, kicking a ball. And listen, by the way, I'm still the kid on the street. Whenever there's a ball about, I'm on the street. Yeah, you can ask Kate Musa. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> And to to having a professional career in something I love and, you know, um, fortunate to work with some of the best people in the game and some of the best people, you know, no matter what industry, who are just the best developers, you know, with people, not just coaches, it could be, you know, people behind the scenes who manage stuff, the way they work with people, the way, there's so much what I've learned, but then also having time away, Mark, you know, actually, you know, letting it resonate what you've actually done. You know, having these conversations are great for me because sometimes I go, did I actually do that? You know, like, because life's that fast. Mm -hmm. And I always have a 
the end. You'll love this one. I always say this. And I say this to players like one player who's got in the playoffs um, with Stockport County at the weekend, someone who won the uh, Charity Shield the other week. Yeah, I'm going, look, we're not museums. We're factories. Put the trophy away. Next one. Next one. What You know, it's what you're doing tomorrow. It's not what you've done yesterday. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I get that. I get that. And, and you know, I think that's key. And that's key for me with, you know, in the industry I'm in, the, the, the money, what some people can earn, are astronomical. But I think with everything I've been through in my life, Mark, you know, I take people for people, no matter how you look, how you dress, what car you're in, what your trainers are like, you know, uh, the eyes are in the back of your head because you've had a fucking bad day or whatever. When that person has a conversation, then I'll take that person and put my view on that. But, you know, people make the world go round and the only people which I engage with now and work with or do anything at all with or people who are trying to help are people who, number one, not just talented, but the humble feet are on the floor. Do you know what I mean? And that's what's got where we are, mate. You know, one conversation, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is, certainly is. And there's so many things popping off in my mind there already. First off, mate, congratulations. Credit where credit's due. For everything that you've achieved. And I know you're not done by any means, but it's it's no wonder that you're a fountain of knowledge and wisdom. Um, I mean, all, everything that you've done so far and everything that you've achieved. So going through the journey, absolutely epic. I've known bits and bobs, but I'm sure I'm about to find out about a lot that I didn't know about, as I've just done already in that in that opening passage. Just there, just winding it back a bit there, Mark. Some of the credits I've just picked up on there already. You were always inquisitive. You always wanted to learn. You always wanted, wanted to be involved and and that energy. Was that there from the off? Were you the same as a kid? I had to survive a little bit as a kid, mate. So, you know, uh, not, not that I was hard done by, but but you, my circumstances at home and stuff, you know, weren't, weren't always easy. Um, and... Uh, it was like sink or swim a little bit, but but honestly, you know, still to this day, you know, that ball was at my feet, mate, all day, every day, all day, every day. Um, and when I got to like 15 and I knew I had a talent and I had people knocking on the door and clubs asking me to go here, there and everywhere, I was really happy where I was. And I had bigger clubs, big, big Man United, Liverpool, Everton people, Sheffield United at the time. You know, asking me to go, and um, I was just, do you know what? I was happy around good people. Do you know what I mean? And and go back to what you say, the learning. It was because I knew I could be better. So there's a saying, isn't there? You know, you got to know your potential. You know, I still don't know where my potential is going to end. You know, and that isn't me. That's me. It's the saying, and there's the glass half empty or is it half full? You know, mine was half empty. No matter how big it is, you're always going to need a bigger glass. Cause, Cause, that ain't enough for me. Do you know what I mean? You get a bucket, it's not enough. I want to fill it. You give me an object, I want to fill it, and I want to fill something else. Do you know what I mean? And I was always one of them where I'd never let anyone outwork me. You know, when I, for instance, when I was playing, there was a group of us um, who all were given or all were told, "Look, you've got a good opportunity of getting a scholarship and stuff." And we all used to go to different schools. And where I used to live in Hill Green, like I used to be keen at running. You know, like, not like running like we are now, but I used to be like, I used to have a little loop and it used to take me 15, 20 minutes to do. But I used to smash that loop every morning. And more and more people started to see what I was doing. So other football lads from other clubs are teaming. Before school, I used to set up from my house. I used to run. One lad used to come out of his door, carry on his run. By the end of it, there's five of us in the morning, yeah, running at six o'clock in the morning. We played 90 minutes the night before. Bodies in bits. But with that competitive for like, he's not out doing me. He's not out doing me. And then th- this this is a true story, true story, I swear to God, yeah, that I remember one day um, we were running, there was me and a couple of other lads. And this one guy's come out with a football. I'm going, what are you doing? He's like, while you're running, I'm going to dribble. But you're going up curbs, you're going down roads, you're taking lampposts on. Week later, what are we all doing at six o'clock in the morning? Yeah, police thought we were mad. We got pulled over. Five of us dribbling down the road with footballs in the morning, and the police officer going, "I can't believe what body foot we was off the reps." But what I'm saying was, it was that passion, and it was like surrounding yourself with people who were like-minded but competitive as well. Men, um, and that's that's the thing, mate. Was for me was 
you know, as you know yourself, young, you know, 15, 16, a lot of these kids were drinking, smoking, doing whatever. And I was just like, tunnel vision, mate. Saturdays, I was in bed for nine o'clock, watching match of the day, cleaning, I had my own little routine. Um, and I'll go back to your first question about learning. I just wanted to be the best I could be, mate. You know, that was it. And because I had no other choice, really. I didn't have no other interests. Mm-hmm. And did, did that transfer into academic as well? Were you like that in school or was it just for so, free football? Actually, mate, I was unbelievably bright. Um, okay. Here's a true story. Here's a true story. And, and you know, I, I, I tell this to like, lads now or girls now or parents now and they laugh and they say, I can see it in you. But so like, you know, PE, tick, English I used to love, history I used to love. Um, I was a doer. If I had the work in front of me, I'd do it. But as soon as I left that school... It was training time, mate. It was, I don't care. I would go on the field on my own, kicking a ball against the wall, creating sessions in my head with bottles, with sticks, with whatever, yeah? While my mates were terrassing around on the bikes, causing mischief or whatever, right? But um, going back to what you say, so when I got to like year 11, like I knew what I wanted. I just knew what I wanted. And just before I went back to school, I remember having a conversation going, going full time. There you go. But I never really had anyone around me who was like, you know, my dad worked hard and stuff, but no one from a sporting side or no one from an academic side, if I'm being honest. Do you know what I mean? Mm. um, I kind of took it on that, right, do you know what? I need to train as much as I can. So I was at Kingsway School and at the bottom of Kingsway, you got David Lloyd, yeah, Cheeto. So when I started year 11, my maths teacher for the first two months before I left the school so on a Friday, the last two periods, I used to like go David Lloyd. I used to train my back out. Honestly, I used to train. And I just remember this one time, I mean, like trained hard. And uh, I always remember this Scouse, this Scouse PE teacher. Fucking hell. It's fucking my Reese. Hey, how are you, lad? Hey, how's footing going all that? I'm like, yeah, I'm all right, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, he's on to me. He's on to me. Anyway, so I'm in the gym. I go into the hot tub and I'm like, I'm like this, mate, like this, like, I know just one out here, lad, uh, just a lad, I'm on to you. I'm like, oh no. And I remember my mum cancelled the gym, cancelled everything. But it wasn't because I didn't want to be in school, you know, and the head teacher, still to this day, I still see the head teacher. And he says, I still tell some lads your story, you know. He said, because that's how committed you was. But I never like I never fell behind with homework. I never fell behind with anything like that. I obviously didn't pass maths first time. I'll tell you that. Um, but that was like that was just I was prepared to be on my own to do what I needed to do. You yeah, know? the drive and the passion towards yeah. towards what you wanted ultimately. Yeah, that's it. Nice. No, I love it. I love it. Uh, skipping forward a little bit, mate. So we've we've come out of school, etc. You're still playing football on a good level. Um, were there any other jobs in there? How does the career history look? Has it always been related to football or coaching? Oh, yeah, so I was always coaching. I was always coaching. Um, more jobs come into play later on in life when I had a period but to tell you about, which I don't even think you know about, to be fair. Um, but uh, one of my uncles used to have like an LT garage and uh, his knees were knackered because he used to play football, five side and all that. You on the hard floors and all that business. Old school. And he used to pay me £20 a day when I didn't play to jump in the car. I shouldn't really say this, but, you know, the MOTs, jump up the ramp, press this, do that, stay that, do this, do the lights, do the horn, <laughs> all that. And every now and again, you get a Ranger over a Jag and you be like, oh, like this, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that, and do you know what, though? I enjoyed that because, you know, I loved the camaraderie, you know, everyone laughing, the banter, obviously the way they live their life. They're drinking 10 brews a day, mate, five bacon butties, chocolate bars under every sleeve. You know, I'm the opposite when someone's not there. I'm doing pull-ups on the ramp, do you know what I mean? And I'm like, this kid's mad. Um, but that was only the, that was like the only real, um, what else have I done? I think when I was 12, 13, I did a little job as well, helping delivering furniture for a bit, um, which was just, you know, little things, being on time, you know, learning disciplines. But them mm-hmm. disciplines you had through football. Because I was, yeah. if the session started at six, mate, I was there at five. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Four minutes before anyone even started. 
you know, yeah, I'm I'm, nine o'clock at night while they're still up at 12, pissing around on the PlayStations or whatever it was then. I was even said Mega Drive then, we're not that old, are we? <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was another point I was going to come to, to be fair. So what you've taken in terms of transferable skills away from being into football and into coaching throughout the rest of your life, I know there's a hell of a lot. I know we've had ex-footballers previously or other types of coaches or, or sports people. We've just had Amy Truesdale, um, Paralympian medalist and, and world champion on, on the podcast. This seems as though there's, there's a trend there. We'll get to success leaves clues in a little bit, but it seems as though there's a trend there coming away from sport and transferring into skills throughout the rest of life. Is that something you found? It is, mate. It is. And, and you know, um, there's things, there's accolades I've won yet, which it's not really until I've been doing a lot of the podcasts, doing a lot more on socials and the media and stuff like that, which really I go, do you know what? I've done quite a bit here, but I don't live on it. I don't live on it. And I feel like quite... Uh, I don't like talking about the past like that. Do you know what I mean? I'm talking mm. about what I'm doing now, like what what what's coming next. Um, but you know, if I wouldn't have had football, I don't know where I would have been in my life because you know, going to another part of my life where you know I have worked with some of the world's best. I still work with some of the world's best now. You know, male, female, and uh, but there was a period of my life where I come away from football due to you know, my mental health and um, just life was shit for a bit, mate. Life was shit. You know, we spoke about it briefly a little bit, you know what I mean? But, you know, going from, from being the fittest guy in the room to, you know, having a cardiac arrest and minor cardiac arrest and being told you can't kick a ball ever again, literally like you can't coach, to, you know, having then to fucking get your whole world ripped apart to go, well, what do we do next? Which then set other businesses up, you know, set a debt management business up, set a, um, um, a performance up business up, sold that. Nothing never really hit the same, do you know what I mean? Like, did raise nearly over 90 grand for charity for mine with a foundation what I had, you know. Um, I dedicated 12 months of my life to developing young adults, you know, didn't get paid a penny, mate raise money, create charity games, which had some of the biggest superstar people in football, media, uh, TV, acting, uh, business people in. And I look back and I think everything I've been through, Mark, yeah, the good, the great, the bad, it's got me to who I am now. And go back to that drive and uh, this person you're talking to now, which is the person I always was, but like, like your phone, updated 10 times more from where we started. Um, you know, my knowledge of life has grown in the last two and a half years, which I probably learnt more in the last two and a half years than what I've done for 17 years of being creating one of some of the biggest high performers in the world. Do you know what I mean? What what what'd you put that down to, mate? I think, you know, I was low, mate. I was low. You know, I was bottom of the bin, mate. I was gone at one point. Um... I, I didn't see a way out for myself to get back. I never, never, never that low where my mental health was taking me to bloody, you know, be suicidal. But I was just low. Everything was, every day was grey. There was no drive. I couldn't see past the next two hours, never mind the next two weeks. Do you know what I mean? Everything was a problem. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's, you've either got it in you or you haven't as a person to go, this isn't right. I never lived my life like this. Um, you know, I, I fell away from football. You know, my phone was off for four months. I didn't talk to no one for four months. You know, people probably see me. I look like caveman, you know, because I was I was in that much of a rut in myself. And, um, you know, a big part of what I do daily, what I do now is support people who are going through a tough time. A tough time doesn't mean it's obvious. Tough time doesn't mean... It's, it's visible. Tough time doesn't mean um, someone's not at the top of the game, because some of them are, yeah. But it's it's I know as a human being now, I can see them signs. I can see if someone's having a good day, if someone's having a bit of a shit time, because um, I've been through it. And I think once you've been through certain life experiences and trauma, um, it, it rounds you more as a human being if your mind's open, as in gratitude, you know, 
um, drive, determination, knowing that bad days aren't going to last unless you do something about it. Yeah, um, only you can change the situation, no matter what situation you're in. Um, hence why the Resilience Project, you know, is something what, you know, I firmly, firmly, firmly believe in and I'm so passionate about, as everyone can see. Um, but life's a journey, mate, you know, and, uh, you know, yourself, life's a journey. And um, I've had a lot, you know, I've lost a lot, I've gained a lot. But through the gaining and the losing, I've gained some knowledge which is invaluable, you know, which some people never have because I would never want anyone to go through the situations what I went through um, or, or the place I put my mind into for a period. Because if if I had people around me, like me, it would have got prevented. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But when you become, you become the high performer, you become... Um, the producer, you become the one who looks after everyone, who looks after you. So this is where, you know, and I educate a lot of people, you know, a lot of young lads or a lot of women, you know, look, your life's going to change in the next couple of years. You've got to be solid, got to be solid. You know, you've got to be prepared for criticism, scrutiny, bad times, people telling you not good enough, you know, uh, people are going to do things which you never thought they would ever do to you. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But you've got to be resilient enough to know these things will come. And, um, you know, the way I live my life, you know, is, is simple. Simple life, mate. Simple life. Get up. Get at it every day. I've always got something to look forward to. I've got always got something what I'm working towards. Uh, but I'd say for about two years, mate, I didn't have none of that. I had no structure. I had money in the bank. The money in the bank was the problem because... I could do what I want. I didn't have to be where I wanted. You know, if I would have gone through them two years and I was just like striving for something, that you know, things wouldn't have happened the way they happened. Do you know what I mean? Um, but we live, we learn. Do you know what I mean? And I'm proud of myself to to be where I am in my life. Um, I think I've set a precedent for anyone, anyone at all. Because I was, you know, at one point quite high profile in the job I was in and where I was. Probably people never thought I'd get to where I got to, but it can happen to anyone. Doesn't matter when you're in the toughest position, you're in the most comfortable position in your life. You've got to keep your mind focused, occupied, healthy, yeah. And you've got to you've got to have clarity of what you want and um, what you're trying to achieve every day. You've got to have something you've got to achieve every day. And um, I think what's key for me, Mark, is you know. Just try and be the best you can be. Simple as that. Try and be the best you can be every day. And if it works out, fucking brilliant. And if it doesn't, you've had a fucking go. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Go for it. Go for it, mate. That is wholesome as hell. Absolutely mega. Congratulations on, on, on bouncing back. Obviously, we, we said there'd be some stuff in there that, that I obviously wouldn't know and other people wouldn't know about you. Knowing you now, your energy... Do you know what I mean? We bounce off each other because we're both high energy. We're both driven. There's messages on Instagram every morning when we're responding to various things. We see each other in person for the run on a Sunday morning and it's let's go. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So behind the scenes, this is what it looks like behind the scenes, mate, but absolutely massive credit for what you've been through, for the strength that you've shown. And like you've just said there, if you wouldn't have been through that, you wouldn't have been in the position you're in now to support the people you're supporting through these coaching roles. So there's a silver lining. There's definitely a yeah. silver lining there, Mark. Definitely, mate. And I think I think what's key is it's, you know, I've always been in this football world, but you know, going to Thailand, you know, spoke about, you know, just for me to be able to work with John, who works wherever, and Lisa, who works there, and Phil, who's had a bit of a tough, you know, that rounded me as well. That brought me back down. Do you know what I mean? Sent me a little bit, and um, you know, anyone doesn't matter what you've got in your life, mate, because because it's about being happy got to be happy that's the goal for sure you've got to be happy do you know what i mean and things settles off our track every now and again listen you're a liar if you don't say you don't get stressed out you're a liar if you say you you don't have bad days listen we're not robots mate and um you know it's how you cope with that and a thought is a thought it's your actions and your actions then is where people will judge you and that's, that's the best advice I could give anyone who's going through anything at this moment in time, good, bad, whatever. Keep doing the right thing. 
Keep it moving. Love it, mate. Love it. Right, Mark, let's get into one of your many passions. We'll, we'll go through everything you're doing at the moment, which is a hell of a lot. But let's start with the coaching role. So tell us about the coaching, who it's for, who can get involved, who benefits. So so obviously, you know, I've been through um I've been through everything, mate. I started, you know, everyone sees these coaches who play in the Premier League and they go and get a job. The majority of the best coaches I know started in nurseries, colleges, schools, playgrounds, yeah, tying shoelaces, wiping snotty noses, mate, you know, being a tree in a nursery, you know, to them learning them, like, skills of communication, how how to manage people, you know, how it, knowing how to manage an environment, how to create an environment. So, you know, obviously went through all the team stuff, a uh, big area which people consult, ask me to consult is, is the technical area, is the way people deal with the ball, uh, the way people move before they get the ball, the way they think tactically. Um, so after doing all the club stuff at Crew, Blackburn, Manchester City, Man City's women's first t- first team, then going to Israel. Then I've consulted for you know five or six other Premier League teams. I've worked um, with teams abroad in America, uh, Thailand, uh, Australia. Uh, currently at the minute speaking with someone from the Japanese Football Association. You know, consulting them and helping them writing programs, um, which are programs which you know. A complete programs with a methodology. Um, if you don't know what that means, so what, what I mean by that is is having like a brand of style of play and how you create that style of play. And you have to create it from the bottom. You don't create it from the top. You know you've got to get it into the babies, the foundation phase, and work it through. Obviously, then to your teenagers, which is then the youth development phase, to then the professional phase. Um, so I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that, and that's something which keeps my mind working. Um, I don't really know many people who break the game down the way I break the game down with the thought and the process. Um, there's a handful of people who think the way I think, really, if I'm being honest. I think that's maybe the obsessiveness of it. I don't know. Um, then, obviously, now currently work with you know uh, some which I'm fortunate, some of the most talented players in the world, um, male, female, some of them who I've known from kids, from babies, and used to work with them in my own private business. Now they're playing in the Premier League, Champions League finals, crazy, do you know what I mean? They were kids on the streets, you know, we were on, we were on muggers, you know, doing 3v3 tournaments on estates and stuff. When I first started, that's when they were first starting. Um... And then seeing, you know, some of the women, you know, gave, been on the journey with people like Jill Scott, you know, Jill Scott's, you know, she's, she's, she's achieved everything and she's achieving everything and she deserves it because she's one of us. Do you know what I mean? She's a good, honest, solid person who's got a heart. Um, And then also, you know, a big thing which, which is going on as well is, is developing coaches, you know, helping coaches be you know develop because when you're when you're in a workplace which is the pitch or when you're in a gym or if you're a trainer you can be on that wheel earning money and going back to what I said why I made that choice to leave my business and go to city was you know you have to create time to develop you've got to you've got to sacrifice your time to develop you've got to sacrifice money as well and you know a big thing what I always say is you've got to be willing to do more than others, you know, I didn't get my first paid coaching role for 16 months of voluntary driving to crew and back from Manchester, and I got £20 petrol, yeah, but I was there for four hours, you know, which for someone else, they'd say, oh, that's four hours time, but that time, what I invested into doing that consistently and also reliably gave me the opportunities and gave me the trust and gave me the respect to the people I've got around me now. And, you know, if you want to be the best in any industry you're in, you've got to be willing to go above and beyond. And above and beyond is, you know, not just turning up and coaching, is plan your session, get your session planned out. Big thing at Man City was when I was at City was um, um, obviously Pep came in, yeah, and... Um, you know, people know the Spanish are good at what they do, but they don't actually know what they do to be good at what they do. 
yeah, and um, how they plan, prepare, assess is unbelievable. And uh, the guys, the assistant manager there now, Rodolfo, uh, Rodolfo Burrell with Pep, he was like my gaffer for a time, and uh, we used to get on like a house on fire because like focused all the time. Football, football, football. Could be stood at a tactics board like that for four hours, mate. And you're like, you know, four hours have gone. And you're just talking about things and people are going, you two are mad. But it's because you want it. You want to dominate people when you're playing. Yeah, so I always say this. The way I work and the way I think is, is because I can rock up anywhere and I can back myself, right? But I can back myself to a point where I know I'm not, I know I'm not going to be the best, but I can hold my own, yeah? When you're talking about Man City, it's the opposite. You're backing yourself because you are the best and you've got to believe you're the best. But to be the best, your tool bag needs to be so much bigger than everyone else's. Your mind, your feet, your physicality, your movement, um, your mentality, you know, your, your brain, how quick your initiatives, you know, how quick you solve problems, how quick you see problems, yeah, how you can quickly adapt. If you think one problem's wrong, you've got to quickly get pull out another tool. And um, this is stuff which, like, the Spanish, what I'm saying is, is they've got people really planning the sessions out meticulously. So if you're already see a football season and you start pre-season, say, August, and then the season runs till now, what we in May, right? And you're doing five sessions a week. Well, if you log every session and you put a little bit of information about every single player, by the time you get to the end of the season, you've got like Bible, which is got more knowledge, explanation, uh, it's got you can see development points you can see how you how you then progress the sessions because of the planning and the assessment and and this is a big thing with now with technology and yeah I mean, i'm a little bit old school in the fact that i think you can't beat pen and paper do you know what i mean because when you write something down you're thinking about it you know and the more you think about it the more meticulous you are the more then you go, actually, rub that out, start again. So these these session plan books, mate, they were like fucking artwork because you'd go, right, these cones are in blue, this pole's in yellow, right? People are going fucking like stationary box doing 50 quid in fucking every month because the pens are running out. Like, But what happened is the level of care and the level of coaching went bang. So I take that away into what I do now, and this is why... When people are asking me or I'm supporting individual coaches, organisations, players, even players when I write a programme for a player is, you need structure, you need a programme, you need to you need to know where you're at, you know, numbers don't lie, yeah, numbers don't lie, you know, how many reps you do, how many successful reps you do, how many times you're on your right foot, how many times you're on your left foot, you know, what you do before you get the ball, what you do when you have the ball, and uh, I could be here all day, mate, don't, I'll be here all day. No, the uh, the passion's clear, mate. The passion's clear. You say the word coaching, and off he pops a true coach. That's why we're on the coaching aspect there as well. There's obviously some some world class coaches we all know uh, throughout football, but you've got the flip side still as well, haven't you? I've seen uh, I've seen the videos of you uh, doing kick ups with fruit and vegetables, picking <laughs> things in the basket. Uh, uh, you've got it. You've still got it, haven't you? Yeah, but you know what? Yeah, if you work so hard to have a talent, if you work so hard to have a talent, right? And I say this respectfully because in that period what I'm talking about where my head was not in the game, I could have lost everything what I worked so hard for, as in my body, you know, the way my body moves, my health. Um, so I see it now as you've got to nurture it. It's got to keep nurturing it. I'm 35, mate, yeah. And I'm still running round, you know, and I'm having a go with whatever football club or whatever group of people I train with. And... That's because I still want to compete. Do you know what I mean? I played my first. I played my first charity game in a while, like a couple of weeks ago. And do you know what, mate? I was like a sixteen-year-old kid again. And there's lads younger than me, and they're going, you know, have you played? Have you played? And I only went and scored this goal. Yeah. So obviously, me being me, you can imagine I'm walking around going, "What do you like?" People are going, "What do you do at the weekend?" Oh, I played in a game. Do you want me to tell you about my goal? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, for about, <laughs> went on for about two weeks. <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it, I mate. Forgot, I forgot how much, you know, I love and have a passion for something. Mm. And um, 
being able to do that and also being able to raise money and give back, you know, I don't think you can, it's win-win, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's win-win, but yeah, I love it. And then do you know what? People might think I'm sad like where I live. I take a tennis ball out and I'll be doing keepy-ups outside. Next thing I'm against the wall, you know, uh, whether it's with my Ruben or Hayes' Ruben, like just saying to him, like, you've got to be obsessed. You have to be obsessed. You can't be a full-time footballer with a part-time mentality, you know. Love that. Love that. The, the passion, once again, it's clear to see. It really is clear to see. And regardless of what your your topic or your area of interest is, I think it's so important to have people like yourself around. Do you know what I mean? If you're around people where the passion is so open, it's there to see, it's there to absorb. It's contagious. It really is contagious. All right, Mark, talk us a little bit through the Resilience Projects. I know it's uh, reasonably new. Um, I know it's it's a fantastic concept. I know you've been out in the community doing various bits. Just talk us very briefly through that, mate. So, so the Resilience Project um, was actually, do you know what, right? I don't know if you can see. Can you see that there? Can you see it? Where it says it? Yes. Yeah. That, that was like, this, this, I'm sat here, he's just sat there, yeah, I'm going... I need to give back. My knowledge, what I've been through, I need to give back. And I said, you've got to do something around resilience. And she walked out the room and she walked back. So imagine like this, she walked back, she went, the Reese Elliot's. And I've just got <laughs> Love it. That's it. That is it. <laughs> and it started then, mate. And, and so just me being me, I've, I've done a lot regarding mental health. You know, I've spoke publicly, nationally in the news. Um, about my story, about other things to do with mental health in sport. Um, and I thought, you know what? I've always been a good communicator. You know, um, a lot of people supported me and seen me at the top, seen me down and they've seen me, seen me back to where I am, which I'm solid, do you know what I mean? Like, honestly, like, it's it's uh, it's a pleasure and it's, it's, it's not work to be able to go and do what I do within that project. The project, so we've delivered it like 15 professional football clubs from first team staff, academy staff, uh, parents. Um, and it's not just around mental health. You know, we've got different brackets of work, what we talk about, whether it's self-care, whether it's um, being a high performer. That's a massive area, you know, because people obviously associate myself with certain players, you know, or work with and they're aspiring to be like them players. So that's a... That's really, really, really interesting, that one, because um, it's all around mindset. You know, it's around mindset, and uh, mental health is around mindset. You know, looking after yourself, what you put in your body, how much self-care you have, I guarantee you, your mental health either would be better or be worse, depending on the way you live your life. Um, um, so, anyway, the Resilience Project, so we've... we've been in universities we've gave back to some grassroots football clubs you know talking about different journeys of people not just my journey um because not everyone you see at the top has had it smooth you know there's been times where some give up some been where some have been injured been ill had traumas what you don't know about there's some who are at the top who are playing at the top but they're still carrying anxiety around performing playing time uh, critical of the performances um and it's just developing um, more of an insight into you as a person, more of an insight of how you are and how you're portrayed. If you're in a business or in the corporate world, you know how you know one person can maintain, develop, or decrease performance and results. Um, so it's all around approach. It's around assessment of yourself. Um, and, and giving yourself goals, you know, giving yourself goals, you know, teaching people, look, these te- these type of words are the words, you know, being driven, being hardworking, being dedicated, being sacrificed, being motivated, being open-minded, yeah, in comparison to being lazy, to being inconsistent, into, you know, making excuses, blaming people, like, you've got two different things there. This side all day of the week is going to get you more successful than this side. And some people, believe it or not, you know, some of the stuff isn't really too um, complicated. But some people have just never had anyone explain certain situations. 
And I'm talking to some people at the top. Yeah. Like, you'd be surprised which, when you're in life and you're on that wheel and you're so focused sometimes, you miss so much. You miss so much. Mm-hmm. And would it be that period of me stepping away from having a badge on my chest and having a name there and being on a football pitch and having a camera on the side of your face and you speaking to players all the time, agents. The time which I've come away is where I've grown. Do you know what I mean? So the way I see it is, with the Resilience Project is, you know, it's educating people, live your life. But like I say, to be happy, you have to make sacrifices for yourself. And obviously then, you know, we've now created... um, the Resilience Project podcast, which, you know, with people like yourself and other people I've done podcasts for, you know, you've really influenced me to do that um, because I'm very fortunate to know some unbelievably influential and inspiring people, which I think if people can get in their mind like you're getting in my mind and you share that, just never know, it could change one person's life, mate. Love that. Love that, Mark. Nice one. It's uh, as you said earlier on. I think it's um, it's the power of having the, the right energy and the right people around you, isn't it? Having that influence. So there's a hell of a lot of good going on in there. Keep on on that mission, sir. We're going places. Um, right, moving away from there a little bit, mate. Talk us through how you juggle because you've just talked for the last forty minutes or so about all the stuff you've had going on, amazing achievements, coaching. You've obviously got home life. You've got all these various projects going on, podcast, resilience project. You're getting out into the community and different businesses. What's your approach to juggling? Because well, I know that there needs to be a level of synergy there, mate. I've been um, spinning a lot of plates myself at times and it gets difficult. Uh, it's tough, mate, because, you know, I am probably my worst enemy at times. Not in a bad way, you know. Um, my time, so you know, recently really started to get into my tennis, which is something which, you know, everyone who works in whatever other industry is bar football, their output is football. So for me, it's like, it's like too much of something. It it can burn you out. Do you know what I mean? So, but I'm not someone who's really a static person. I'm always on the move. I'm always wanting to do something. If there's an opportunity to go outside, I'm outside 99% of the time. Um, but my mind does work like 100 miles an hour. And what I mean by that is I always see windows of opportunity. I always see opportunities to develop. Um, very critical, very critical of what I do. Um, you know, people don't hear me talk like this when I rock up on a Sunday morning, you know, because I switch off, do you know what I mean? I switch off a little bit and sat there having a cup of tea with you after fucking chasing you for 5K down the road eating <laughs> You know what I mean? Wiping my mouth. Um, but my point is, is like, yeah, I, I, I try and if I can, spend as much time at home as I can. Um, you know, my partner, obviously, we're very like-minded. The gym, um, you know, I don't drink. You know, I'm not drunk. I've not done any, you know, partaking of any alcohol or any parties or anything like that in a long time just because just focused and, and I get a lot out of waking up every day being focused um, and surrounding myself with people when I'm not working who are driven me you know got a bit about you and, and listen we all go through tough times but you, you can't you can come off track for a bit it's not a problem but you've got to get back and, and you know when I'm at home I think I'm out the door by half six, yeah? By I have a little rule, really. I normally get two sessions done before eight o'clock in the morning. That's like Monday to Friday. That's like a little rule of thumb to myself, is like, get to bed early, and, you know, half six, half seven, half seven, half eight, bam, you put the work in, and I'm consistent, the players are consistent. Um, so it's sacrifice. You know, some people might think I'm boring, some people might think, you know, he's, he's, he's only doing what he's doing all the time. But do you know what? I fucking love it. You know, I love it. And the people who I'm stood on a pitch with or I'm in the gym with or I'm having these conversations with like yourself, I come away from every single one of them people feeling energised, to feel motivated, you know. Um, sometimes Hayes is probably like, mm, you need to slow down, you need to slow down. Um, and she's probably right. 
because I think sometimes I can get to that point, hence why I think I've been a little bit poorly recently, is um, the presenting side is, was new to me, you know, not presenting to football people, but presenting in the corporate world is new to me, so my brain's working a lot more, which then zaps you, which then you, you're using different muscles in your mouth, you know, you, you, you're, you're putting out and you're testing your body in a different way, which my body's resilient to doing 30,000 steps a day, 55 shots at a goal, you know, 10 passes, five Maradonas, two drag backs, right? But to be then stood calmly and, you know, uh, stood in front of some of the most influential people in Manchester, their own businesses, it's worn me out. Do you know what I mean? It's worn me out. And, yeah, yeah. And by the way, this is a be say this to them, and this is why they love me because, like, I tell the truth, I'm not like holding back. Um, but as I'm growing on my journey, I'm learning more about rest, recovery. Because there's so many different things what I need to rest from. You know, it's not just the gym. The gym's part of my life. Training's part of my life. Doing a bit of tennis is part of my life. Presenting. Everything I do is physical. Yeah, love it. It seems as though you're learning in place, mate. Yeah. Comes with experience, doesn't it? As you said earlier on, do you know what I mean? We, we learn as we go, but what you're doing is fantastic. Really is good cause and all. It's it's fantastic, mate. So keep doing what you're doing, sir. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, just before we move on, now, mate, are you happy? I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. We've I'm... talked about ups and downs. We've talked about all sorts, haven't we? You're a very busy man. You've got a hell of a lot of projects going on. Yeah. Are you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy because you know what, mate. Um, you know, a wise, 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 wise man once said to me when you know what's being successful. And if you ask me what was being successful, you know, and go back to your question about being happy, this is where it links. Well, if you ask me when I was 21, if I had X amount of pounds in the bank, I had a big house, I had this, I had that, I'd say, oh, I'm successful and I'm happy. Whereas I'm more happier, you know, being in a place where I've had probably more than most. I haven't got more than most, you know, I live a normal life. Um, but being grounded and being more caring about me, my mind, my body, it's made me 10 times more happier in myself. You know, we've all got shit to deal with. Hey, by the way, I ain't going in a swimming pool, right, fucking doing backstroke, spitting water out, mate. But what I'm saying is, is, do you know what? Yeah, nine out of 10 days, mate, I've got a well, Nine and a half out of ten, I've got a smile on my face. I'm cracking a shit joke somewhere. Someone's like, fucking another one reset, do you know what I mean? But, you know, like, the biggest, the hardest times for me is when I can't train. Like, this week's been tough. Um, being away from the gym, being away from good, positive, energetic people, you know, feeling like you can't keep pushing ahead because you need to rest. Oh, it kills me, mate. It kills me. Honestly, it kills me. I ain't kicked a ball five days and I feel like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm kicking anything what walks past me. Yeah. No, I get it. I feel you. Well, no, that's good to hear, man. Wholesome. Wholesome. Thank good you. to hear. Right. Just before we get on to the three big cues, because success leaves clues, um, any message for the listeners? Anyone working towards success? What's your goal to? What's your I message? Think, I think, I think you know, successful comes in so many different forms. Um Having loads of money doesn't mean you're successful. Driving a fast car or a nice car or having a watch on your wrist, trust me, doesn't mean you're successful. Yeah? To be successful, you have to be happy in yourself. You've got to have a clear mind of where you're going. And the only way you're going to be successful is by having good, positive people around you. Fact. You know, people who've got your back people who've got your health and well-being as number one before anything else. Um, and to be successful, you need people. You know, you need people. You know, a team is stronger than an individual at the end of the day. And if you've got a group of individuals who are aligned in the mindset, in the in the way they approach a day, the way they approach life, you've got one hell of a strong team around you. Do you know what I mean? And when I go back to football and go back to my time at City there, you know, up until two years ago, our reign of coaching, we had the most league titles in the WSL. 
you know, we, you know, which is a massive achievement now. People go, you know, what was different? Well, do you know what? We didn't have more money than what they had now. Um, but it was the way we were and the way the players were. And we're not players, the people at the end of the day. Everyone had each other's backs. Everyone was on the same wavelength. When there was a tough time or something happened where there was friction, it was resolved. Um, people made mistakes. People made mistakes out of anger. People made mistakes, you know, out of a lack of thought. But if you've got someone's back, you've got someone's back, haven't you? You know, and, and, and testing times, you know, create stronger bonds. And um, when you look back where you was, where at that point where you think everything's hit the fan, when you, you know, you look back and then you go, actually, it wasn't as bad as what it was. And um, going back to what you're saying about being successful, you've got to be happy, got to look after yourself. With you, 100%, 100%. Right, before we wrap it up, let's look at your routine. Um, how does your morning look first one, mate? Talk to your morning routine. How do I look in the morning? Or how does the morning look? <laughs> Let, let's stay away from that one. This is going out before Watershed, so we'll keep it PG. <laughs> um, so, yeah, normally, normally probably rise out my pit about half five, quarter to six. Not going to lie, probably snooze it about ten minutes. Um, just as... You know what people say, oh, you don't snooze, but I also think that you've got to remind yourself that you're in charge. Do you know what I mean? Your phone's not in charge yet. You can't let anything else run you other than your own mind. Do you know what I mean? So get up, a um, bit of brekkie, then normally about half six, got a ball up my feet and, you know, we, we, we start getting at it about half six, half seven. Um, finish probably... Around it depends. Every day is different. Um, just the nature of the game, really. Um, but normally finish about half eight. Normally get in the gym for about half nine with the weather. It's either gym or tennis at the minute. Really enjoying the variation of it. If I'm honest, don't really train in the gym. To I, I, when I say I have targets, it's more maintenance for me. Um, you know, after having surgery and being on my legs and stuff, so it's more core-based, um, not powerlifting, you know. Really do enjoy, though, when I get periods where I'm not working uh, or it's a bit quiet and I can really go out in the gym. Do you know what I mean? I do, I do see it as a bit of a playground. I really enjoy that and having a bit of a variety in my work. Um, and then it's, it's normally admin, Zooms, speaking with people from abroad around 12 o'clock is a good time. Um... You know, because it is universal the stuff I do. Um, it's not just, you know, people don't see this stuff. I don't put everything on, but it's worldwide people I talk to. Um, and then you're normally then back with players or in the gym with players or, you know, big thing is watching games with players, analysing the games, going through, giving them a, an honest review of where they're at, which they don't get sometimes. Um, and the day could finish at about nine o'clock and I'd say that's Monday to Friday really and then it's seven days a week mate if I'm honest so what I try to do is is you know um on a Sunday slow down a bit hence why coming on a to do the run or you know boxing or whatever else we're doing yeah yeah but sometimes it's just so hard because physically once you've done that Monday to Saturday mate mm. even though you want to go and do something for yourself it's quite hard because you're tired, your body's fatigued, your mind's tired, but you can be run down, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, that's where discipline comes in, eh? Having the uh, the discipline to step away even though you want to do something. But, uh, motive with, with me, Matt, it isn't, it isn't doing the extra session to gain the extra money. Um, it's, it's doing the extra session to maintain someone or help someone onto their next their next place of work or club, mm -hmm. the next target, the next competition. So that isn't my motive. I don't get out of bed for that. Don't get out of bed for that. I get out because I think this person in front of me has got so much fucking talent, yeah? And I know I can support them to get to where they need to be. And uh, some people go, oh, you work too hard, have a day off. But it's level of care as well, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah it certainly is. 
than people see Mark on a pitch and every time someone's on that pitch money. I don't see it as that, you know, when I'm on that pitch, it's like I've got an invested interest into that person for them to be the best they can be. And my level of work with them isn't just when I'm on the grass. It's the planning before, it's assessing where they're at, it's assessing the next move, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, for sure, for sure. That takes us nicely actually into the next one. So what percentage of the time are you on it? I'm going to say what percentage of the time are you on it? I mean, contributing to something that's worthwhile, whether personally or professionally. This is going to be quite high for you, isn't it? Yeah. Knowing you. I'd say about 95%, mate, if I'm honest. You no, know, looking back, and, and do you know what? A little thought in my head, I'm going, that's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot, but I just, you know what? I, I, it's not It's not that I don't consider other things. It's, um, I think when you're obsessed with developing, you're obsessed with, because every time you're with someone who's so talented, yeah, you're developing yourself because you have to then keep moving forward. Everything's got to keep moving forward, do you know what I mean? And uh, you can't stagnate. You know, you start stagnating, you start slacking off, you start easing off. You know, so many little things psychologically creep in. Um, I've hate being off this week. Like, even though I've had to do it, you know, and, and this is where I know my body, like, I've had to relax, I've had to sleep, you know, I've had to, like, not been able to eat at times because of, and, you know, even when someone who's educating people with this and people going, oh, you know, they struggle when they're injured, but it's no different for me. It's no different for you when you can't be in that gym, yeah? It's like, that's a massive part of you and who you are. Um, but I do think that there's... What I've started to do is give myself windows of recovery or windows to switch off, like yep. switch off because social media is one. You know, um, it, it's it's so positive. I, I I do find it a really positive place with the people who I see, um, but also you also think your eyes are just zoomed in on one little screen. It's not good. Do you know what I mean? No, I get it. I get it. It's, it's good that you you've seen the right content though, because a lot of people aren't. They've seen a lot of toxic stuff on there. So, yeah, we can govern that. And the final one, mate, is name three people, dead or alive, past or present, to sit down to dinner with in an aid to make the rest of your life going forward as successful as possible. Who are you sitting down to dinner with? Um, one is uh, Steve Holland, who was my coach. Uh, crew is now the assistant England manager, who has played a massive part in shaping me as a person from a boy to a man to being a beginner as a coach to then being a well-respected coach. Um, Second one is a guy called Terry O'Neill. Terry O'Neill is a Manchester man who I've known him for years and years and years. Um, He's done unbelievably well financially, uh, owns some of the biggest businesses in the world. He's got the exclusive right um, with the Mandela family in South Africa to have like uh, like a Duke of Edinburgh thing there, what he runs. Mm-hmm. And, and he's he's he's, worth, he's got more money than sense, but do you know what? He, 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 I helped him with his son, and then when he found out I was struggling, he reached out to me, and he took the time to fly me over to Jersey and speak to me, and, you know... Um, such a knowledgeable man who, who some people just see a helicopter, see a car, see a holy home, but stripping back, mate, he's just, he's just, he's just an absolute inspiration. Do you know what I mean? And he's someone for someone like yourself who he's not really accessible. He doesn't do social media. Like some people who are successful, very old school, traditional. Do you know what I mean? Uh, mm. And the last one is, is, um, you know what? And I say this, and people probably think I'm mad. Conor McGregor, you know, Conor McGregor, because um, through Kane, it was through Kane and through the stuff in Thailand. I actually met him. Ended up sitting next to him in in uh, the free arena when Kane was meant to fight Peter Quiley. He Sat next to me the whole time, yeah. and like, this is a guy. It's not the way he is. It's not his money, but is where he's come from. You know, he's had everything against him, yeah. He's he's not lost who he is. He's one of us, yeah. You know, I walk into some rooms and, you know, I've not got a degree, 
you know, I've got my coaching badges, I've, I, which is a degree, but it's not Harvard, it's not Oxford, you know, not Yale, it's not somewhere like that. But we act the way we act because that's the way we are, and that's how we've got by. And you know, we are respectful, but our behaviours are our behaviours, and and I respect people who are true to themselves and don't let situations, don't let peers, don't let anyone change who you are if you are sincere enough to know you're a good person you know what I mean um love it love it great choices great choices I'll, I'll sit in the background and eavesdrop listen to the conversations that are going on with that one and that's us Mark absolutely mint love that mate thank you very much just before we knock off where can the listeners find you social handles etc uh, on Instagram you can get me uh, Reese eight five eight zero, and also, you know, you will be seeing a lot more around the Resilience Project, and you will see a lot more around the Resilience Project podcast. Um, so, yeah, any you know, anyone wants to get in touch, anyone wants to see anything at all with the people I work with, with what I do, feel free to jump on there. You know, there's normally a bit of slowness on there, you know, but we need a bit of that, don't we? We uh, certainly do, yeah. Brighten up our days. That's it, mate. And brighten my own day up sometimes, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, but thank you for having me on, mate. Really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it, Mark. Nice one. Cheers, mate. So, bye.